0: oh my gosh, this is exactly what it was like in the beginning of Web 2, where we had composability, we were blah, 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 like, the potential, whatever, he goes, like, I'm, I'm all in. Like, he literally went from like, he saw my email and email thread to like, full-blown, I'm crypto-filled, like, I'm doing this in three weeks.
1: I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here, I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. My guest today is Rick Manlius. He is a five-time tech startup CXO a Techstars All-Star mentor, and is currently working on bringing NFTs into live displays with Atomic Form. Welcome, Rick, for uh, and thank you for joining me on the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. I really appreciate you coming on today. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, and I've known, I've been following you, have known you from uh, your work in Atomic Form and mm-hmm. how you're bringing NFTs to. Uh, Real-life display on your wall, but there is a lot more history to you, and that's kind of what I'm more interested about for now, and then um, we'll slowly creep our way back into crypto, but <laughs> before, before all that, before about even hearing about Bitcoin, yeah. where, what was your life looking like? What were you doing?
0: Oh, geez. Um- <laughs> So yeah, I was uh I mean, thank you for that that intro. Yeah. Uh, I would say since um since leaving academia in two thousand eight, I, I finished my bachelor's and PhD. I was more of a nanotech uh person. I was working in like dupont and GE, uh writing papers and uh becoming a world expert in in all things, uh carbon nanotubes and uh you know, uh, when the two thousand eight crash happened, I kind of got thrown into web web tech. And so I've been gotcha. there for since two thousand eight, two thousand nine, uh started five companies or been part of five companies and growing them over that thirteen years. And so I really really love that space. And um, I Did- would say, I mean, my my sort of exposure to Bitcoin and stuff, uh, I mean, I, I remember like the Bitcoin pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the Mt. Gox hack. I remember yeah. all that stuff. And at first I was just like, okay, this is kind of like weird. Like, you know,
2: yeah.
0: I, you know, normal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really think like, I was like, yeah, but how do they really make sure you can't double spend? How do you really um, do this? And, you know, my my uh, I would say my the real person who crypto-filled me was my uncle who um, back in 95 started giving me like these gold and silver bugs uh newsletters like back in the day which uh-huh. was like do you know the dollar's not backed by anything and do you remember like <laughs> they lost the silver standard the gold standard and all this stuff and like you know early 2000 even at mit i was like hoarding my own like stash of gold and silver bars or like, <laughs> gold bars i didn't have that much money uh, silver bars and like you know i had like one gold coin and i was like yeah inflation's gonna happen and you know it's time stuff, to so beat odd. it <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, but you know what I had, um, just like, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners have this, like, you know, I've 10 X, 50 X or, you know, somewhere like I got it at 20 cents and now it's worth whatever. And I'm yeah. like, you know, a billionaire. Um, it was fascinating to watch, you know, silver prices rise from like $5 to $50. And I felt like the, I 10 X my money figured it out. And so, um, natural segue,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, Although again, I saw the Mt. Gox hack, I saw the Ethereum, the DAO hack. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, as someone who uh, grew up kind of poor and didn't have much money, like the concept of like putting, investing my money into something that could like in an instant go away, (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's scary.
0: <laughs> um it's scary. You know actually I was part of the uh, another currency called the Liberty Dollar back in the day which mm-hmm. was um, an attempt to get a silver backed currency. They were actually they didn't like they had it like legally there's some there were some concerns around this which was uh, are you trying to counterfeit the dollar uh, so they had to make uh, sure it was very clear the like, Liberty Dollar and they said on the dollar note is like this note is redeemable for an ounce of silver. And They literally had an audited vault uh, with this um and I had put about $10,000 of my money in this like I was wow. like I'm all in because I'd already made money with silver bullion and it was like if I could spend it and have a real currency. Like, I was very excited about that. But um,
2: well, were people accepting it? it?
0: It was a very big educational thing. Just think Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Like, what is this thing, right? You know, like, oh, I want to pay for my coffee in Bitcoin. Like, do you want to pay me in what? Like you, know, like, you want to pay me in, like, magic internet money, right? You know, it's like, what, like, my boss is, like, he needs dollars. Like, I can't, like... So Bitcoin and all these things um, have had that same educational problem, right? Yeah. Uh, stable coins help that because it's like you're still accepting it but it's still in, in a denomination and stuff that like you don't get in trouble for yeah um but here's the thing um and i think this is kind of why i was at like so we had the Mt. gox um hack yeah we had the DAO um bug slash hack slash whatever um and in 2007 2008 like uh liberty dollar got raided by the feds um, wow. so there was 50 million dollars of like silver in a vault that, uh, people like me, um, legally, but we legally bought, we, um, we weren't defrauding people. Like we ourselves, we're not like, uh, trying to like MLM silver. <laughs> um, but like, that was like my life savings. <laughs>
2: it's yeah. like, as
0: a, I was a grad student to 2008, 2009. And like literally every dollar that I had like somehow saved in grad school, remember was like in this, this silver vault. And so like, uh, the feds raided it. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, that was my life savings. Like, and it took, uh, till about 2016, I went to the courts and they actually redistributed the silver that they had confiscated uh because they realized there wasn't anything illegal but like my money was tied up for seven years and, and yeah
2: and so, you can't
1: touch it you can't
0: touch it right right so like when i saw like a you know, silk road you know i mean the guy's still like you know it's like i mean we're, we're talking early days crypto like there was a lot to be afraid of there was a lot like having having lost money in what was a sure thing like overback mm-hmm. currency sure, sure thing um And see, Bitcoin is like this, like, oh, the Fed's can't confiscate it. And yet we're seeing, you know, uh, hacks happen. We're seeing all this stuff. So I kept, like, just waiting, I guess. It was like, I just, my risk tolerance early on was not high enough to just um, plunge in, right?
2: Gotcha. And I had a lot
0: of friends who were mining, like, you know, Boulder, um, Endeavor area. Some friends who, like, literally were, like, mining had to keep their windows open because they're, like,
2: like,
0: Yes. And this was, like, when Ethereum was, like, $7 and Bitcoin was 100 and, you know, whatever. I would say the moment, though, that I went from not skeptical, but like just not willing to go there
2: mm-hmm.
0: was um, a colleague of mine. You know, I'd already been sort of successful um, in the startup space, already you know, raising money and scaling teams and all this other stuff. Uh, and someone like landed me a consulting gig, which is like, hey, this, this company is trying to um, do this neat thing with like crypto tokens. And uh, they need someone to kind of help guide them. Uh, would you be willing to, uh, to contract? And so um, that was when, you know, like I started like researching things like Simple Token, which, of course, has gone away. A lot mm-hmm. of projects, you know, died. But like by being paid to actually learn and really go through the white papers and really understand the mechanics, that was kind of like my first, like, Oh shit. <laughs> and I'm uh, sorry for swearing for your audience. None. This is the wholesome podcast. And yeah, it's free form. Uh, enjoy it. <laughs> free form. Yes. Yes. Uh, just leave it. Um, like, and I think that's kind of what where I've been, I'm advocating as of late, you know, it's like, I think there's a lot of people that research, maybe they get some doge, maybe they get some Bitcoin on Robinhood, but it's, it's a lot of people like, Stay at the surface, right?
2: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. They,
0: but like actually, kind of really going deep, kind of like when I was a, a PhD student and really researching a topic. Like once I started to actually go down that rabbit hole, um, it kind of infected my thinking, right? You know, just kind of like my old silver bug. You know, when I, when my uncle sort of you know silver pilled me back in the day, and now I'm like all of a sudden like I can't stop thinking about this. And um, I almost jumped into uh, so that was mid 2007 before the the major parabolic up and crash. But I didn't leave. You know, a lot of people like left, like oh it's dead. I'm like no. God, man, I, I think like I stayed. that's I, when you um, like
1: really figure out who's in it yeah. and who's not like the bull markets kind of weed out all the people who just kind of are in it for the money and not really caring about the tech and what it's offering in general. So the fact that you stayed in it during the bear market when it fell down, that's, yeah, so it's amazing. Well,
0: it, yeah, and it, it, it's a uh, there was this test I took once about like, you know, you know, uh, how to like audit your career. Um, and it's like, you know, one of the things one of the questions is like a five things that you know, like, do you find yourself very motivated each day? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have you learned something new novel, you know, uh, and one of the questions was like, you know, do you think about your job in the shower? Like you think about it, like when you wake up, you think about it in the morning. And, um, you know, even in the bear market, 2018, like literally every, I mean, I was running a startup, you know, have, have two small, you know, not <laughs> two small tough. kids, one, just one at a time. Yeah. And like every waking moment that wasn't with family or at work was thinking about like, what the hell is Zcash doing? Like what, Oh, Oracle's like, what, what's this like? And, um, you know, because like when I joined the, like, so 2018. I've been well, since, since 99, building websites since '99. Building websites, just basic ones like when HTML was like only just like slinging slinging some basic you know hello world stuff on a, on a, on your own computer, observing it yeah. to the web and, and whatever. And you know, one of the people that was sort of like my mentor, who became a colleague of mine early in the, in the Web 2 era, was like, it's "Like, why did you dedicate your life to this open source community?" And he's like, "You know, mm-hmm. I joined the Web because the kid in New York City and the kid in Africa have the same access." to get their voice out to the same access to like the marketplaces the same access to whatever this is democratizing the world right. right this is a tool that as we build these open source platforms like drupal which is the community that I was in like this is what allows people in these other areas to like level up in the way to to have the same access that we have the, you know privileges what we talk about you know these days um and you know frankly even i mean we're obviously deep into the deplatforming era and, and there's so much we can talk about that but it, it, it bothers me at a fundamental level um that people who are um sometimes caught in the crosshairs of an algorithm like facebook deletes a billion spam accounts a quarter a quarter of of, of year a year or <laughs> that's crazy right. i don't know that and you can't, do that, by hand. You can't no. do that by hand so you've heard stories of people who are like i own a plumbing shop and i posted like i don't even know what the hell i posted my accounts just that like Mm-hmm. People who depend on Facebook's of the world, just to like post their, like, I run a Pilates studio, or, I'm a yoga teacher, or, I'm a nutrition I'm a whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, MailChimp has changed their terms of services. Like, you can literally lose your, like, that concept of like losing your voice on the internet. Um, we saw it with like really terrible organizations like Stormfront. You know, it's like, yes, there's like, you know, wipe some privacy, like there, there are some bad actors. But the the day that, um, I believe it's was Cloudflare, no, it was a Cloudflare, it was the other one. That was one of them. Um, turned off CDN protection and basically let that site get hosed. It's like, it's only a matter of time before this this happens to everybody. Uh, And it's arbitrary, right? If Facebook is deleting a thousand accounts a quarter, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage of people who like depend upon this as a primary source of income or an income stream uh, will be deplatformed for no reason. And Jack Jack Butcher on Twitter, Visualize Value, he just posts like, really beautiful like graphics that sort of highlight you know these these sort of wisdom you know, quotes of wisdom uh twitter still banned that account it was he got it up to like a hundred thousand it was like a primary source of income advertising for his his services his other things and one day he just lost it and no recourse right so i would say um i think the thing that's really kept me going uh through that bear market which was like no there's too much centralization of power going on and we we and while yes network effects are always going to favor the facebooks and whatever, whatever we need to make sure that people who need a voice, who need access to, for their job, for anything, right? To to sort of have access to it. And so like, from a very sort of like, you know, I, I'm very much like a social like libertarian, like mm-hmm. I want people to have access, you know, to, yeah. if our if, if our lives are gonna get increasingly digital, it only makes sense that we should all still have equal access to these platforms, right? It just doesn't make sense otherwise. So I, I would just study the bear market and I just never let go. Um, I just, it was like an obsession. And, and finally, I had kind of like a you know, Harry Met Sally moment where I was like, you know, I've been reading about this and staying at the surface for like, you know, an hour a day for years. And I'm like, why am I not in, why am I not there?
1: But you were learning about and, it, right? For that, for that um, yep. consulting job. So I guess, I mean, that's when you're learning how much, how much more Absolutely. you need to be in it, how much more you have to actually dedicate your time and provide value to the ecosystem. Because that's like similar to me. Like I've been watching crypto for a long time, learning about it talking about it, but I haven't until now really been contributing back to the community, giving back to what I believe is helping the world, as you say, Mm -hmm. in a decentralized manner.
0: Well, and, you know, there's only so much you can learn. You know, knowledge and experience are different, right? You can read about something all day long, Mm -hmm. but until you're actually like touching it, experimenting whatever it's like you can read about nfts and it's like well what is it but until you like viscerally feel like what it looks like to either buy or trade or be a part like it's it's you just can't know right you just it just it's like it's the same thing about reading bitcoin it's like until you actually do your first try, like the first time you send thousands of dollars and it appears from one wallet to another wallet with nobody in the middle it's like <laughs> this like if i had to send this as a wire it's like internationally like i had to wait till like business hours i had to mm-hmm. walk in provide a pat, you know provide all these types of things and then i still have to wait 24 hours and even show up and like you know, there's that first moment where you're like, "Holy crap, <laughs> I just did that, and nobody could stop it." And here it shows up, and and then when you try to go back to a wire, like when I I moved and and I put a house, and I was like, I, I was like, I can't. It's almost like I couldn't tolerate it anymore. Like it used to be tolerable because that was just the way. Yep. But once you've experienced a better way, you're like, oh, I have to set up a wire and like time it with my banker and this. And like, I literally at the last second, the day before closing, they're like, this is no joke. So I, I, I bought a house in, in Oklahoma and I called my bank up. I said, okay, well, we've done all the things. I have the money in the account. I need a wire tomorrow. Um, what do you need to do? And they're like, oh, you just have to show up in person. Okay, well, you're my Colorado branch. I'm in Oklahoma now. Like, how, like, How's please like we send the wire. They're like, oh, we have to do it in person. I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like, I'm in Oklahoma. This is Colorado. And... They were like, well, the nearest branch is in Dallas. And I was like, you want me to drive three hours to show in person? Oh my gosh. And I, I, and I was like, I was talking to my wife. I was like, I may have to do this. Like this house has to, cl- like, we can't. Yeah, you have no choice.
1: Them. It's like, they talk- <laughs> if your hands are
2: behind your so, back, what um, are you going to do?
0: And I'm like, I was like, you know, if this is Bitcoin, I'm like I send my wallet, I send it in 60 seconds. And in 10 minutes, I know it's there. And I'm like, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. And the bank was like, I was like, can I just DocuSign it? Can you authority? Like, no, we don't DocuSign it. I'm like, you're a bank. With billions of dollars yeah. asset, and you can't even, and so it's it's like once you kind of like uh, experience, literally experience, the gains and the benefits and the changes and stuff, it's really hard to to go back. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I, I I sort of made it a commitment. I was like, you know what, I believe this to be the future. It may not be the future. I think maybe I mean everything in Web three is gonna like some are gonna fail, some are gonna succeed. We don't know what's part, which parts of it are gonna like last. But I know some of it's going to last.
1: Of course. I think the ecosystem so, is going to last. The whole technology is going to last. Just how we use it is up for grabs.
0: Right. Yeah. And so if that's true, and I know, I know that's where the, the puck is going, why am I still over here? Like, why? I, I just if at some point, I just said, I got to go.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: got to go. And um, I think there's, there's a Tim Ferriss podcast with Naval and Dixon where what Tim said, like, literally, like, just hit me to my core. Which he goes, he goes, I've never seen, or it's been, it's been like 10 years, I think he said, since I've seen an industry where people I know that have been in like, you know, Facebook and Amazon for years, if not a decade plus, happy in their job, whatever, literally like just stop that day, turn in their note. Like they're just leaving and dro- like, just like, not like, oh, I'm thinking about it. I'll do it in three months whatever. But like, it's like they, they see the light or something and they're <laughs> like, I'm gone. Like it's just something clicks. Oh my gosh, it's here. And there's like, there's like, there's no question you're moving forward. It's like, it's yeah. like, of course. Like I mean, like I'm, and and I've done that with a couple of web two colleagues. Like I mean, I've I know some people who uh were part of companies that later IPO'd, you know, early, you know, C and V level VP level people. And one of them was like after three weeks ago, it was, oh my gosh, this is exactly what it was like in the beginning of web two where we had composability, we were building yeah. like the potential, whatever he goes, like I'm I'm all in like he literally went from like he saw my email and email thread to like full blown I'm crypto filled, like I'm doing this in three weeks. Wow. And it and just it makes sense. Just like,
1: it's like, it's obvious yeah. once you're there, but it's hard to make that transition. So I respect people who uh, yeah. do that.
0: It's tough. There's a shroud of scamming. There's a shroud of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to be willing to kind of go through what, what, is, what are obviously problems. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't want to become like those like anonymous Bitcoin maxis on Twitter who are just like, like oh. you know, there, there's, a, there's an aversion, right? You know, like that I think a lot of people feel based on their perception and that that sort of holds them back and also the fear like the dial hack the Silk Road all all these all these things and so
1: it's new it's scary it's like you have to learn through it and like I don't know anyone who's been in crypto that hasn't been burned somehow Mm -hmm. thankfully not like losing all their funds but like I have lost money on crypto (laughs) it just just happens it's how you learn that's how you Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do more is like to teach people and protect them like it is a weird industry it's like not everything Mm -hmm. does make sense but once it does make sense to you, it's very clear the path you have to go. Yeah. And what great opportunities are coming up with this industry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough though. Like once you've crossed that chasm, it's like, you can't go back to remember what you were thinking before. Like you want to bring <laughs> other people over. You're like, you can't see what I see. But if I could just teleport my brain, like, <laughs> my mind over to you, maybe you could, you know, it's So it's very much like an, a huge activation barrier that once you get yeah. over, it's like, you can't, you can't remember what it was like to not almost. And then, yeah, yeah
1: so man, I don't cool. remember what life was like without the <laughs> internet. I don't. Like without yeah. google maps and apple maps like i don't i don't how do we drive anywhere it's crazy like i remember my parents using the maps like a physical yeah. map or using MapQuest back in the day but now yeah. it's just like you've come so used to this technology now that's something that has to happen for the crypto industry
0: yeah yeah there's a certain feeling of inevitability like yeah once you cross a chasm um like you know nfts are out there now like they're just there's their DeFi's out there
2: now mm-hmm.
0: privacy coins are out there now and it's like it just can't you just can't go back. I mean, maybe, maybe they don't like, sort of like take mainstream. That's for sure. I mean, that's the whole, um, you know, crossing the chasm from the early adopters to the early majority. Like there's still, I mean, and, and there, there's some good criticism out there, like the, Former CEO of Signal who just um, stepped down like wrote mm-hmm. that great a uh, little bit of a scathing article but like a really well thought like look you know Web three may still has these big UX problems and still like you know that that will be required to get mass adoption and I For think sure. that those are a lot I think the industry actually absorbed those those criticisms really well and see this as well this is just the next thing we got to work on to get to that sort of uh, you know retail and user adoption that these just become ubiquitous like you stop thinking of it like Web three just think of it as the web just just mm-hmm. like the web got bigger and like this this is now just part of you can't think of a world before that. Yeah. Like right now we're still seeing the new world and it's still new and novel. I think at some point it'll just be like, Oh, it's the way it always was. Like Facebook, it's hard to remember the days before Facebook, but now we just, it's just there. Like we just know it's there.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. And you're right. Cause I mean, I also read that article from Moxie. Um, yeah. And it feels like there is so much more to grow and learn and uh, advance in the industry. Like there's, there's a lot of work to be done. No, this is not perfect. It's not yeah. Amazingly. Obviously, Ethereum has its own problems, especially mm-hmm. managing gas fees. It's it's not affordable yeah. for people to just use that as a daily transaction. Yeah. It's, there's a lot more um work that has to be done. That's you know, thanks to layer two and et cetera. But we're learning. And I think I think people are are so quick to say, oh, it's not figured out yet. So screw this. It's mm-hmm. no. Like we're figuring it out and we're seeing the mm-hmm. future and we're working towards it. You want yeah. as many people as possible to help build it
0: together. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, having grown up like you know, so I'm 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 40 now, and like I had sort of the analog childhood where you know I, you know, say back to maps is like I remember having to like meet friends without having a phone to like you know <laughs> yeah. like, you just, it was just a different world, right? And like now now we can't take like I can't go anywhere without my Google Maps. Like it's just like I can't. I remember that world, but I can't like really remember that world. It's like mm-hmm. it's a different place. Um, and yeah, like people like forget, like YouTube was only from like 2005. And like, you know, before that, like you had to upload raw videos and figure out code. I mean, it was like videos just everywhere now. Like we just, we just take it for granted. It's just like ubiquitous and all these programs to upload and all this stuff. So it's, I think all the challenges, I mean, email used to be something that only the geeks use and now like you can't think of a person who doesn't have an email, even a 70 year old grandma. And, like, so it's, it, it just takes time, right? It just, just takes time to solve exactly. the interface. And uh, and Antonio, um, uh, you know, those those guys have you know, talked through, it's like, look, every major industry has gone through these challenges. And every, ma- you know, industry eventually gets to the point where they can make it ubiquitous if there's enough uh, value to be given to the end users who are willing to go along that journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this crypto is such a disruptive industry too. and It, it has its hands. It could have its hands in every, in any industry. It depends on the application <laughs> you use, but it's it's a tool. It's a tool for the mm-hmm. web and Everything Mm -hmm. uses the web now. So everything can use uh, a blockchain, but that's that. So you're um, getting into it. You've started a few companies before. You're, Mm -hmm. I guess, an entrepreneur. So that's kind of like your background, a serial Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Um, Where is this crypto information that you're like working on and seeing the light? Where is this guiding you? Where do you see your efforts being put into?
0: It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I will say, like I've been, I would say, sort of full time in crypto now since um, August. So it's not been a long period of time. I've been studying it. Um, I would say there's a, there's several areas that I'm very passionate about. Like I love a lot of the zk technology. Like how do you add like how do you mm-hmm. make a public ledger private? Like yeah. that just blows my mind. like just that when I first really understood what Zcash was doing, I was like oh my gosh, you not only have this decentralized public you know, permissionless ledger, but you have you, you, made, you added privacy like this sort of voodoo magic that makes it work. And it's like, it just solves so many awesome problems. Um, oracles are, are fascinating too. Like, you know, you know, in order for blockchain to sort of like continue to, to I would say not kind of infect the world, it has to be able to touch the real world, right? You know, and right now, uh, on-chain data is like when DeFi, right? It's like the data has to be on-chain or it has to have some way to like reference data off-chain. And I think as as more and more um, real world events get sort of tied to crypto, we can't start all on the blockchain or whatever. So like Oracle, yeah. like that sort of that sort of nice middleware between uh, data that exists off the chain and sort of smart contracts on the chain. Um, I don't know how far or how big that market's going to be, but it just like it just feels like there's like that'll be one of those like unlocks where it's like more stuff can be done, and especially once the layer two stuff in Ethereum gets more. Um, robust for because like we're not so expensive to even work on the layer ones like so to bring in more data and do more stuff it's like it's, it's just cost prohibitive but as these other ones and, and sort of lts come in i think the the uh the the cost dropping will, will offer sort of new new opportunities there um i think nfts as a um as not a piece of art but as a primitive are fascinating uh one of my early uh, companies uh, was Working on this concept of like, so my co founder then was an archaeologist, and the concept was like, okay, our minds no longer store memories anymore. We store indexes to memories. We yeah. don't remember all the pictures. We, we remember where all the pictures are. We don't remember phone numbers. We remember the phone numbers are. We don't remember <laughs> I, all the facts about a book. We remember where to find it in a book. Like, we, we uh, have, I, I we think have Einstein,
1: exactly I think Einstein actually said, um, yeah. I'm recording Einstein, but I don't know if he actually said this, but anyways, he's like, you don't have to remember anything as long. The only thing you have to remember is where the library is.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Some of the smartest people in uh, software development, like they literally like, I just use, I'm just really good at using Stack Overflow. Like I know like it's some stuff, but like I know where to look up all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and I had the unfortunate uh, experience of uh, 2006 I think it was. I don't know, 2016, I, uh, I bought a new MacBook and I, I had a backup and I, I transferred all my data. And I was still using um, like a mail app at that time versus like just purely in the cloud with Gmail. Um, and for some reason, Apple st- like hides their library folder. So like I was going like folder by folder and I like transferring over and just verifying things were there. Um, and then I just erased the laptop, sold it, and uh, never checked my backup. And it turns out I lost every email I'd ever received from 98 to 2012.
1: Wow, well, uh, and
0: you help. might say like, oh, whatever, just email. What well, was on it? Yeah. Was friendships and, and, and people I knew and, and like you know back in college and threads that I, you know I had my mind is indexes. It doesn't remember all the data anymore, right? We 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 have to manage more data. So like, it was it was this like oh shit moment where it's like I literally lost part of my identity wow. you because can't, well, yeah, um, you
1: can't find it again.
0: Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, you know, there's this memory optimizer course by Vera Birkubiel from Learning Strategies, which says like one of the things that happens with Alzheimer's is people have remember general memories like you might remember this person's your son or this person's your whatever or you used live in this area, but the individual memories go away. And like e- those that email uh, archive represented a lot of individual memories, everything from track and field, like you know, email lists that were going on friendships at fraternities, uh, department level material science ones, you know, my advisor, like all that richness of like some of the details and conversations that I had with the interaction with these people is now gone. And those individual memories are now like in my, like I never planned on memorizing all of my brain. I just knew where they were and now they're all gone. Right? Yeah. So what the freak does this have to do with <laughs> what we're talking about? Right. Around 2010, I gave up trying to keep a centralized photo gallery. Like, you know, I used to try to get all of my iPhoto, like some it was on Facebook, someone was on Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. Um, and we know for a fact, I know for a fact that, um, you know, AOL, and semester went away and MySpace is kind of puddling along but it'll eventually go away and then like at some point everything that on the web that we have next to will go away.
1: Yeah people think Google and Facebook and Apple will last forever, but we don't Correct. know that. No.
0: And I'm forty and I'm planning on being around till I'm eighty or ninety. Like when I'm eighty, am I gonna log into Facebook.com to go scroll back to pictures I posted in 2015? Oh,
1: it's, it's meta now, right? <laughs> right,
0: it's meta now Look, whatever. Like whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. But those indexes are going away
2: mm-hmm.
0: those indexes are going away so like i think about it like so my friend peter and i uh his company now like does things that like powers like the dave matthews band the bob dylan archive a bunch of like large libraries right because as an archaeologist he's like well how do i make sure this media persists over time bob dylan has this this, this massive collection of, of media that that is there but how is that still going to be playable searchable indexable in two thousand eight? how like how is that yeah. like data going to persist. And not just for famous people, but like when I'm 80, when I look back at my life, like how am I going to find all my media? How am I going to find this sort of digital identity? Like would I care? Maybe not, but I probably care about a lot of it. I probably care about a lot of it. So like, how do we think about things over time? And I think NFTs are this beautiful thing, or granted they're public and I have to think about there's a private NFTs or whatever, but how do we think of like data persistence over time? How do we think about like our digital identity? Uh, constantly being churned, like I have photos in an, an analog scrapbook at home or my mom's home that has pictures down to one, one years old. Right? What's going to happen if like if my whole digital identity is deletable at any moment? Like I have stored in other platforms or like a failed upgrade for failed backup? I don't want lose pictures of my my one year old daughter and my seven year old. Like you know those yeah. are those are important. And I think um, so. Like long term archival storage, like things like IPFS and like how do you mm-hmm. pay for storage that will that will persist forever that you may have only only ad- encrypted access to, um, but but persists beyond maybe like, you know, a fire happening and, you know, a cloud backup going away and all this stuff. So it's, there's so many areas I think that Web3 could solve in a way that doesn't have a business model in Web2. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that there's, uh, I'm interested in a lot of spaces. So I'm, I'm working with Atomic Forum, which is really trying to uh, address the, the NFT market, which is, there's this, it, I mean, it's, it's only been a year, since NFT's like really blew the hell up. Like. It went from like, yeah, NFTs are going to be big to like, oh. oh, yeah, it's
1: a million dollar NFT, but who knows about those prices. But yeah, like the mainstream definitely caught a lot of attention towards NFTs.
0: Right. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe 18 months, like, like there was, there's mm-hmm. a trickle, like there's some things here. Yeah. The punk's already there, blah, blah, blah. But like, who's going to buy it? Who's going to care? Mainstream users will never do this, right? I mean, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, like Adidas and all, Nike and like, you know, all these, and like, and it's not now it's like, okay, this data now exists. What do you do with it? Like, What do you do with it beyond like, cool, it's in a wallet and whatever? And I think we're just like, every time there's sort of like an explosion of one part in technology, there's sort of this new opportunity to say, okay, what do we do with that? Like, so like, we've just sort of crossed this chasm of, of NFTs being like this, like novelty that only some rich Ethereum people or people who are really yeah. crypto native will, will use to like consumers, both interested in and buying and, and trading and whatever. And as the, LP, the, the layer fees and stuff go down, like, this will become just as normal as having an iPhoto library, right? It's like, oh, of course, here's my photos that I took from my camera, and here's my NFTs that I collect from whatever, right? So, building experiences on top of that as sort of your digital identity across multiple chains, multiple wallets is really what we're thinking about at Atomic. And so, like, I'm really, and I, I, and I love NFTs as, as a primitive, as a primitive, because like, you know, NFTs are also ENS domains, and NFTs yep. will eventually be like fractional ownership in real estate or, or whatever. Like it just so happened that images were the cute things that kind of got people excited and made it, made it like a mainstream thing. Right. But it's not going away and it's going to be very much now that people know And the tooling made the images and videos fast and and accessible and wide i think there's gonna be more innovation on top of that to say oh well what if we do this now that we know that everyone can and will buy and trade and do and all this other stuff let's start adding different flavors of these primitives and Mm -hmm. that's going to be fast
1: and then um so how is um atomic form uh what are they building in order to help with the situation and how and how do they see their like the future
2: of it
0: yeah that's a good that's a good question and um you know i think uh one of the things that atomic uh did really well Atomic Form really did well is the, the the founders uh were already really plugged in with the, the artist community they weren't just like people who just saw like ooh, nfts what what do we do with this mm-hmm. um you know they already had uh they were already crypto natives all the way back from the, the start of ethereum in fact uh uh garrett even prior in, in bitcoin and i think he even wrote one of the first bitcoin etf proposals like way oh, back wow. in the day like so very er- like very early in on um, the space um so he was really watching this the space for a long time and, and you know he's new york city part of the art scene. him and isabel and uh um, you know it, it's it's there was a bit of a validation needed in the beginning right you know it was like okay people were buying punks and stuff for, for all this money and we even like how do we mainstream this like when does when do we get legitimacy right yeah and they uh, the displays um, were a an amazing bridge between what they call normies or non crypto native people in real life kind of like actually seeing them and like it became real <laughs> this unreal yeah. thing became more real um, and you know things like Sotheby's and, and working with art galleries and, and and key things they were able to sort of pair with some of these up and coming or even famous artists artists that transitioned into NFTs Web three uh, really provide sort of this amazing experience of them with these shows and auction houses. And I would say that they were really part of that legit, like legitimization of NFTs as like yes, broader consumer. like you know, the beeple moment was huge, right? That was like a
1: Yeah, that was exactly I mainstream tarts I mean, getting attention on it.
0: That yes. And and so you know Gary Vee and all like all these different people I think added to that collective legitimization of of NFTs as a as a widespread consumer uh, thing. And so, I you know the history of Atomic so far has been largely in that display. So there's like both the um, 4K displays that mm-hmm. can query the chain, and you can you can sort of connect your wallet and drag your your particular NFTs and start to like display them. I have a 4K frame right here. Um, awesome. It's beautiful. Like I use my Parallel Alpha cards, and like it's honestly a different experience. It's one thing to scroll OpenSea and be like, okay, here's the one. <laughs> yeah. another thing to like see it in like a beautiful mat and like with you know the, the border and the name and like just really sharp. And it's like, wow, it's like a just a different different way of interacting. And I think this is just the beginning for Atomic, um, both sort of on web, in metaverse, you know, VR, as well as um, hardware display. Yeah, We're trying to like help make that bridge um, from NFT is just something you collect and store in a wallet, like, a, you know, your wallet and just see on a, gal- like a 2D gallery and on an sea screen to those richer experiences that say, okay, now that everyone's touching and using these, like, what can we do with them? Like, what is the really neat stuff that we can we can do here. Yeah, so I'm, we're
1: totally like imagining. Like I can totally see, uh, like you're saying VR, where you put your headset on and you walk into an NFT gallery, just like you would walk into a physical mm-hmm. gallery where you yeah. see artwork. You just walk in and people would just bid on them, like auction them off, just yeah. like that. And it's <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. I think it's already happening. People are building on yeah, this. You so. pull up
0: your VR wallet. And if you literally like <laughs> pull my Ethereum wallet and you like trade a card with someone and they pick the card. I It's like, okay, cool. In my wallet. And like it's. Like, there's just these these experiences that, like, we're just getting started on, right? Oh, and yeah. I think,
1: and we're testing things out. This is all, the like yeah. learning experience.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, um, given I have kind of a, a broader went to startup experience, so, like, sort of entrepreneurial, uh, you know, I can I can take lessons that we've sort of seen patterns we've seen in other industries, like, look, the iOS versus Android yeah. uh, debate. You know, iOS went for consistency. You know, they have guidelines. They have, like, if it works on iPhone, like, if you build an app, my last company is building um, apps and um an Android and iOS, but like if, it, if your app works on iPhone six, it's going to work on eight, it's going to work on 10. It's pretty much, you know, with some screen resolution differences, yeah. there's an incredibly strong consistency and Apple like both restricts the types of apps that can be done. And they have very strict human interface guidelines. Like, so it's like an app is an app is going to work across all of them. And then Android took like the do anything like, mostly, <laughs> like, and the you know, fragmentation, et cetera. What's the point? The point is right now the crypto space is incredibly fragmented. Yes, Ethereum is like maybe the cultural center of like say the NFT space, but people got priced out with gas fees and they're out in Solana. Solana's huge now. It's like 20% of all NFTs is now in Solana. And there's like Tezos from the historical ones. And there's, you know, uh, Avalanche and there's Phantom. And there's and this is great for each chain. But back to my point of like, I don't have a consolidated iPhone library anymore. Like it is a great user experience. i have to go to all the different places to see all my stuff, right? Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, there's going to be... A need to sort of consolidate this and, and sort of like the end user at the end of the day is, is is will care about the tech to a point but really cares about my stuff <laughs> like where is my my stuff and you know i think like you can see that discomfort too in streaming services right people hate the fact that i have nine subscriptions They're like i want to watch this show on this one like
1: it's like might as well yeah. cable again it's like <laughs> <laughs> exactly
0: exactly but, but what is Roku? roku um made it so you can install all of their different stations on one app and on one physical device with a, with a, so it's a hardware software solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made a global search, it made a global search. So like my seven year old, when she's like, I wanna watch this movie, I don't have to go into nine different
2: Try to find it.
0: I search for, you know, uh, when the Christmas is out, uh, the Grinch, I just search for the Grinch. It says, oh, Grinch is on Netflix now. Cool, because you know, uh, at some point, Netflix will lose their license and it'll pop up on Amazon Prime. Or it's yeah. not on Amazon Prime, it's gonna pop up here. And the seven year old doesn't give a crap <laughs> that where one was minted on ethereum they just want to know where the thing is
1: they want it yeah it's true
0: and so every chain wants everyone to live on their chain and that's very good for the chain so the, the, the what um uh, so i guess the problem that one of the problem spaces that we're trying to solve is like there, there's a there's a lack of good middleware to query this data and there's also a lack of of robust solutions to consolidate this data in order to create really amazing. So there's both the, what do we do with these experiences? What do we do with these entities to make great experiences? And how do we also like get them? (laughs) How do we get all the stuff? So that's about as much as I could talk about it, but there's, there's just, um, Mm -hmm. so like we're, we're sort of in that beautiful space of like, okay, there's, there's this explosion of things happening. What's the next opportunity?
1: I'm excited for that to grow. And I I'm keeping my watch on atomic form. Um, But before you go, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you was, um, what is your favorite wholesome crypto moment? Something that really uh, made you feel good in the, in the environment. You know,
0: I think um I think that you know Crypto Cobain, although he's rebranded himself to Kobe, uh mm-hmm. you know, he was doing those those great I mean, I think just in general, like that that help of artists. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, there's that whole archetype of the starving artist. Actually, no, I mean here, 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 here's one. There, there was an artist in, India, mm-hmm. artist in India who uh, you know, was trying to sell some of his NFTs for like 0.04 it was like hundred bucks. And uh I just saw OpenSea like tweet one of those things like you know I was like hey share your stuff he you ret- you got retweeted I was like hey you know you are in this sort of metaphysical space kind of kind of like it kind of vibe with it uh, so it's like what no no worries sounds great and you would have thought like I just like <laughs> gave him a million dollars like you know he was just so so thrilled like you know if I, he damn me we're, we're chatting it up and I said you know what what else you got. And he had this really beautiful, but haunting image. It was called the last swim. And it was, uh, it was imagine the ocean, but it was like this, like, kind of sad yellow, like kind of like orange, like a sunset. Like, and and it was like these Mm -hmm. these turtles sort of swimming in it. And it said, like, you know, imagine the the sea not being able to like heal itself. There's just so much toxicity in it that like, you know, at some point there will be like the last swim, the last time these old turtles or whatever. And I just got like tingles and I was like, here, here we are flipping JPEGs for thousands of, I mean, you know, there's all this cash, like zipping around and NFTs. And one of the companies I helped mentor back in 2019 in the crypto space is called, called region network. It's uh, it works with like using blockchain as an arbitrage opportunity to like help landowners uh, get funded for doing um, renewable and regenerative agricultural practices. Like if we can put like, think about oracles, like if I can prove to you that I'm, I'm sequestering, sequestering carbon and doing like over-cropping and stuff. Uh, you know, would you fund this essentially to like for me to do better practices that help the environment? So it's a way to like, you know, attach or, or, or arbitrage like people on the funding side mm-hmm. with farmers who want to do things on the and landowners that want to do things on the regenerative side. So anyway, long story short, I um, I just had an idea. I was like, I bought the NFT, and I was like, I bought it as a reminder to myself. I was yeah. like, at the end of the day, crypto has to be done to mean something. It has to be done. Like, if exactly. we're just gonna make a bunch of money and like, while the world burns down, <laughs> what are we do?
2: Um,
0: and so, like, I bought it, and then like twenty minutes later, I'm like, this really doesn't sit well with me. I don't need this to like. If it's a reminder for me, that's still not enough. Like, I want to help. I want to. So, I immediately jacked the bid up on that that piece. I sold. I put it up for one ETH, and I said, okay, I'm fundraising. um I want to sell this for one ETH, and I want fifty percent to the artist and fifty percent to an ocean, you know, a, a nice. nonprofit that's the top of the ocean, right? And I pinged my co-founder co- of, uh, or sorry, you know, one of the co-founders of, of region, uh, Gregory, I said, please retweet this to anyone. You know, I'm looking to raise money for, you know, what you believe in, what I believe in, regenerative you know, practices and so forth Within 30 minutes, someone in his network was like, I'll do it Threw an ETH into it. And like literally 10 minutes later, I'm like forward and half an E to someone who was trying to sell a piece for 0.04 ETH, like wow. literally the day before, that's a, and, a
1: huge <laughs> increase. That's awesome. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. So like at the time, ETH was like four grand. So like this, this artist from India who was like thrilled to sell a piece for a hundred dollars, sees $2,000 pop into his, his account and just immediately pings me back as like, I'm literally dancing. My parents don't believe this. And I'm just like, this is like changed my life. And I'm like, it was just me and some dudes on the internet. Like, just like thinking like, Oh, wouldn't this be cool if I could take this, this haunting image that touched me and actually make it do something yeah. And, you know, to actually pay. The, so, so I took half of the ETH. And I, I matched it. So we set $4,000 to this uh, ocean uh, nonprofit. Um, and that's $4,000 that sort of came out of nowhere, came out of nowhere. So like an artist, an up-and-coming artist now has enough funds to keep going. And a nonprofit just got a $4,000 windfall just because some dudes on Twitter saw some things and did some things. And that was like, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And that's what the community is all about—is like really helping each other grow and like find their true potentials and giving back. I feel like there's so much talk on trading and yeah. how much money yeah. someone's made, but I yeah. love when I hear stories of how people are giving back and are exactly. trying to mostly give back.
0: Even this background, this background is like you know this is crazy. I don't know if it's podcast to say or not, or if it's video versus audio, but like uh, there's a colleague of mine from the Drupal space called Circuitry. S i r k i t r e e uh, he's been doing VR for five years and he's been just making like before crypto, he was making these like VR worlds and then making like 2D images and, and audio with it. And um the guy's just brilliant and and talented as is, is all heck. And you know, just like everyone, he posted some things in OpenSea and got no no bids, no bytes. And like yeah. I saw his stuff. I'm like, dude, I love fractals. I love my mouth, like, whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, buying it for, for and, like we've been colleagues forever, but like there was like a special moment the first day I bought, like, I was like, man, I, I own an original circuit. Like I own an original copy of your stuff. And like, he's just like, oh my gosh. Like, no. <laughs> like, and you know, it was a hundred bucks. It wasn't like it cost me, you know, an arm and a leg and a hundred bucks for a lot of people is a lot of money. So I don't want to be, I don't want to downplay the money. But like, yeah, it's it not a crypto punk
1: people... million, multi-million dollar trade. It's, it's like a fair, it's a fair exchange.
0: It's a fair exchange, but it's also like a vote of confidence. It's a, it's it's a, it's an interaction with experience that I never would have had with him
2: mm-hmm.
0: or he would never have had it with other people that have since bought his stuff. And, and having, ne- if I sort of bring this full circle, and I know what we'll wrap up is like, hmm. I was a student of crypto before I became a user of crypto. And as a student, you could read something like that, but not really quite get it. You don't yeah. feel it until you do something. And when, when I actually started doing some of it, I felt, and I think a lot of people who are negative on, like you know, whether NFTs or DeFi or whatever, there's something different when you actually experience the result. And you're like, Oh, I even someone told me that I probably want to believe him or I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. And so like to actually go through some of these like experiences with colleagues or, or like, you know, up and coming artists or, you know, nonprofits, like it gives me hope that, you know, while there's a lot of speculation, a lot of scammers, a lot of stuff, and that will continue to persist, you know, in the wild west that we're in, I think more and more people, I hope will take some of these windfalls and really sort of drive it towards paying it forward and bring more people in this ecosystem and do great things. So that's why
1: yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's I love seeing that i'm glad you're a part of that and helping out with the community mm-hmm. thank you so much rick for joining me i hope the best for yeah. you best for atomic form i'm excited to keep following you watching you grow mm-hmm. and yeah best to you Thanks you so much rick. see you, everyone